I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Thanks for being with us. Mo Moten, Scott Branson. we are here to talk Raiders football, and we appreciate you being here on this Thursday. Yes, we had a show yesterday. We have a show today. And tomorrow, I want to remind everybody, one of the things that Mo and I love doing is our mailbag show. We have another mailbag show with some more great questions from all over the world. Yes, we get questions from international Raider Nation as well. So we're going to address that. Make sure you tune in for that one tomorrow morning. It'll also be up on YouTube uh, Friday morning as well. And then after the game on Friday, tomorrow, we will have our post-game show where Murph from Raiders Fan Radio joins us. He is the voice of the fan and always has great uh, reaction to the game. Mo, I love the mailbag stuff. We continue to get great questions. Continue to get great questions from a lot of loyal listeners, so we appreciate that. And I, Quick note, I think Murph is actually going to be on site for that Patriots-Raiders game, if I'm not mistaken, so that's going to be fun. He is. That might be interesting because I don't know, and I don't want to cast any dispersions on Murph because I don't know if he enjoys adult beverages, but he's going to be <laughs> in the stands in Las Vegas, and he's going to do it from his phone. So we will have Murph as a live correspondent, and I'm sure he won't be alone. I'm sure there's going to be some Raider Nation crazies there. So that's going to be a blast. So don't miss the post-game show right after the game. We'll be live on YouTube. And then you can, of course, if you can't catch us on YouTube live, you can catch us that same night as the podcast will go up on the feed. So if you subscribe, you'll get it right after the game and you can listen to it as you either get some shut-eye, as you get laid down and you're all geared up after the Raiders notch another win maybe in the preseason uh, but make sure you do that as well. Okay, Mo, a report out today from PFF. I should say a report out yesterday on Wednesday. And I'm going to this one from Doug Kide from Pro Football Focus. Said that perhaps Alex Leatherwood, who we've talked about ad nauseum, could be a trade candidate. Here's what he said. Quote, Leatherwood is currently starting for the Raiders in training camp, and he's actually benched during his last Vegas preseason game against the Dolphins. He's played into the second half of each of the Raiders' past two preseason games, which usually is not a good thing. 
and perhaps there could still be a team interested enough to trade for him in the second year of his rookie contract. Mo, what do we make of that? I mean, look, there's no concrete evidence. It's not like there's rumors about that everywhere, but this sort of came out on Wednesday and suddenly you're hearing uh, Vinny Bonsignor, our, our, my former colleague and, and the reporter at the RJ who covers the Raiders, talk about, hey, they could do one of, they could do one of two things. They could, they could keep them. They could bench them. They could move them to guard. I wonder where I've heard that before. And then perhaps they could even let him go. The chances of the Raiders either trying to move him or let him go. What should we all think of that? First of all, I want to say Vincent Bonsignor, the Las Vegas Review Journal, got my <laughs> hopes up because he unsolicitedly, I didn't say anything to Vinny. He quote mm -hmm. tweeted me. He said, you may get your wish as far as Alex Leatherwood moving to guard. Now, mm -hmm. I was excited about that because not because I think Alex Leatherwood was an guard or anything, but I felt like he had some good stretches as a guard last season when he moved after week four. Now, Vinny also put a report later on Wednesday saying, as you just mentioned, he could be moved to guard. He could be traded or cut. Now, I think the first the first action is to try to trade him if you're the Raiders because they gave him a chance at right tackle. It hasn't worked out well for him. Right. But this regime, it doesn't have any ties to him because they didn't draft him 17th overall in the 2021 draft. Right. So they may look at Leatherwood as he's not a good fit for their system. And if they can't find a trade partner, my guess is if they don't see anything from him at guard, then they let him go. Or they feel like, because I'm sure he's taken some reps at guard at practice, just not a significant amount to talk about. But, you know, these offensive linemen, they move around. They play different positions. So if they feel like they saw a little something at guard and they can salvage him a little bit, they will move him to guard. Because I think, I think personally that's his, not natural position, but I think that's where he'll see the most growth. But I think the first mode of action is to see, let's see what we can get for him. Let's just put the ticker out there. Sure. What can we can we can we get a, a third or fourth round pick for him? And I think if if the Rays can get a, an early round pick, which I highly doubt, uh, they can get a fourth round pick. Maybe maybe they make that move even with a fourth round pick. But if they feel he's not a fit for the assistant period at all, whether I guard or tackle, then your only mode of action is to move him or cut him. And it's interesting, people always go to the fact that they have to pay him. So I think he's due about $11 million. It's $1.3 this year, $2 million next year, and $2.6 in 2024. So from that perspective, remember, I think people misunderstand, and I, I don't blame them because the, the salary cap can be very confusing. But as Danny mentioned on yesterday's show, cash is a motivator. If you have cash... You can get around, basically. It's, it's, it's funky accounting uh, to get around the salary cap. You can do that in certain cases. So if you have to absorb that and you're going to go get somebody else, there's, there's, there's interesting ways and creative ways to deal with that. But if they were to let him go, my guess is somebody picks him up and the Raiders are not on the hook for all of it, right? So, so if they, somebody picks him up, the Raiders will recoup some of that. Now, if he, gets, if he clears waivers and nobody picks him up, then that's another interesting thing. I don't think there's got to be somebody else out there in the NFL who had him rated on their draft card. It's not that Alex Leatherwood uh, drafted himself too high. Again, this goes back to the previous regime who ran the Raiders with Mike Mayock and John Gruden. They overdrafted him, perhaps. And if that's the case, that's not the player's fault. That's where I think, too, um, and I've been critical of him as well based on his play. 
I think people get caught up in the fact that this guy hasn't performed when he was asked to switch positions. He wasn't a natural right tackle. Okay, so that's not necessarily on him. He hasn't been able to do it. You put him back at guard. Mo, if he's playing guard against the Patriots tomorrow night, that doesn't really tell us anymore either, right? Because that could be they're going to see how he does. If he does well, that could increase his trade value or it could convince them to keep him as well, right? Yeah, I think that's the litmus test. If he plays guard against the Patriots, they're going to see, okay, if he's really good at the position or if he plays well, shows well, maybe we can keep him around and just move his, you know, take him back inside and hopefully he grows there. But if he's a disaster at guard, just like he was a tackle, then I think it has to be a trade or a cut. And that's going to sound, if the Raiders cut Alex Leatherwood, the takes against the Raiders are going to be hot <laughs> because people are going to come at the Raiders and say, oh, look at the Raiders draft card. Look at what they did under John Gruden. And I get it. Gruden didn't brought in some good players, Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. But he had a lot of misses, and you can't run from that. And I, I think the Patriots came in, well, not the Patriots, but Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler came in thinking, okay, we'll see what we can do with Alex Leatherwood. And if worst comes to worst, if he doesn't fit in our system, if he doesn't pan out, then we can move him. But I find it, before you go, Scott, I find it interesting that two people on the show criticized Alex Leatherwood and said he, he may not start. And I know a lot of people in the live chat had pushed back on that. And they were saying we were too hard on Alex Leatherwood. Now, the narrative, you see everywhere you go, Alex Leatherwood is trash. He needs to be cut. And a lot of people are going to option C already, which is just let him go and, and, and cut your losses. <laughs> now, I would say that the Raiders may not have a problem doing that. You ran out the dead cap money that they were owed him. They let go of Kenyon Drake, and they still owe him $3.6 million. So they're not afraid to eat a little bit of cap money every year if it's not an exorbitant amount. It's Cleveland Farrell's cat money that I worry about, but that's a whole different subject. But back to <laughs> we Leatherwood. We haven't got there yet. <laughs> right, yeah, we man. haven't got there yet. But back to back to Leatherwood, I, I, I think, again, I think the first mode of action is to see what you can get for him. And if you can't get anything for him and he's not a fit, then he's cut and then it makes headlines and Raiders fans are going to want to cover their ears because people are going to talk about how bad the Gruden-Mayock regime was at drafting. And that's why, to me, too, Mo, it doesn't, there's no downside other than the financial piece of it. There's no downside for McDaniels and Ziegler to cut him loose because they didn't bring him in in the first place. It's not, I mean, yes, the Raiders get the, the criticism, but it's really going to be on Gruden. It's not going to be on McDaniels and yep. Ziegler that they couldn't get him to perform. It's going to be on the previous team. And the other question is, you look at the guard position, you look at Dylan Parham, a draft pick by Dave Ziegler, who's played really well. He's played at guard. He shows promise there. And so they might be a little more apt to want to play him there and see how he pans out versus Alex Leatherwood. And then you have to ask mentally, too, because we've all been in the situation, and you and I have talked about this on the show before. Sometimes a change of scenery. He started off in Las Vegas, has been very disappointed. There's been a lot of negativity around him from fans and the media coverage has been, I wouldn't call it negative. It's just been truthful that he hasn't been able to perform. So, so it could be a situation too, where they sit down with him and say, Hey, listen, we can put you at guard uh, and, and we can work you in and we'll see if you can work your way into the, into the rotation, or they might sit him down and say, listen, here's what we're thinking. Do you want to stay here? Uh, we have a possibility of moving or we could, we could release. You. I think the player has some input, don't you? Yeah, but th there's a quick note, and I tweeted this 
after Leatherwood had an, had that awful game against the Dolphins, I said lost in all of this Alex Leatherwood criticism is that he's actually a pretty decent run blocker. And uh, and as I said, if you move him inside, he's still going to have to improve his pass blocking. But he's just – people are now framing him, framing him as to, he's going to be out of the NFL in a year or two. He's not even an NFL player. And I say pump the brakes on that. If a team can use him in run blocking and use him well, he can be serviceable. But back to your point about Dylan Parham, and there's a note that I should have made in our previous show. He actually started over John Simpson at left guard against the Dolphins. And he also started over John Simpson at left guard during the joint practices against the Patriots. So to your point, the the current regime didn't draft John Simpson in the fourth round. That was the Gruden-Mayak regime when they love their Clemson players, right? Right, right. Now, they bring in Parham, who's who's their top draft pick this year, and because they drafted him, they may be more motivated to get him in the starting guard over John Simpson, even though I felt like right now John Simpson's the better player. Parham has the higher upside, and I've said on previous shows that Parham's easiest pathway to a starting spot is at guard because he started his career at Memphis at left guard, moved to right tackle, and then moved to right guard, so it makes sense. It does. It's a natural position for him. And to your point, listen, like everything in life, there's a little bit of politics. If you if you hired somebody and 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 at your role at your job, and it's somebody you picked, you went through the interview process, you invested in them, you're just going to have a little bit more faith and 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 invested in that person, right? So it's just the way it goes. It happens in sports all the time when you have a changeover at coach, when you have a changeover at GM. So uh, so great, great points there, Mo. Okay, let's move on now to uh, GM, former GM, Rick Spielman from the Vikings. I don't know if you saw this, Mo, this week, but uh, he did a video uh, around cut day on Tuesday where he talked about his biggest regret. His biggest regret as a GM, and he went – ad nauseum talking about it, was cutting the Raiders, now kicker, Daniel Carlson. And I thought that that was really cool because I think, you know, a lot of times in the business, people don't want to admit their mistakes. Now, here's a guy who was let go, so he's got nothing to lose, I guess. And so he talked about it and said, look, it's always hard to cut, especially veterans, right? Veterans who've been in the community, been part of your team, have been huge in the locker room. And they talked about Daniel Carlson, who they drafted, they brought in, he started off really well. He had the one bad game where he missed two field goals against the Packers in overtime, and then he found himself on the street, which has been a godsend for the Raiders. But I thought it was nice to see some openness from an NFL executive and to talk about a player that they really regretted letting go. And it's not very often that you hear it being a kicker. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, this is very interesting, and as you said, some GMs are like, a lot of GMs won't admit their mistakes even after the fact, even after they've moved on. Uh, but it was cool to hear Rick Spielman say that and the Raiders to benefit from it. But I believe he had one year with the Vikings. And I know <laughs> it was a big game against the Packers and a moment, a crucial moment. And the Vikings have had kicking problems in recent years. 
But to cut the guy after after that not incident, but after a poor game to me is a bit hasty, especially in his first year. It wasn't like Darryl, uh, Daniel Carson was with the Vikings for a few years. It was, he was a rookie at the time, fifth round yeah. pick, and they they just had no patience for it. But hey, I'm sure the Raiders fans and the Raiders aren't complaining about it because now they have one of the best kickers and one of the best special teams units as far as kicking, long snapper, and punter are concerned. One of the best special teams, three man uh, units in the league so kudos to rick spielman for letting kudos for um to rick spielman for letting him go yeah and kudos for the raiders previous regime for picking him up yeah uh raider fans you want to send him like an edible uh bouquet or something and say thank (laughs) you uh go ahead and do that mo before we get to the break by the way after the break we're going to come back we're going to talk some fantasy football as we usually do on thursday kelly kreiner uh, is going to join us we're going to talk about the silver and black today fantasy league and uh, be able to kind of get an update on that. And I'm sure there'll be some trash talk, uh, especially with Kelly, because his favorite word is trash. Um, But we're talking about the game tomorrow, (laughs) Mo, real quick. Uh, Again, third preseason game. There's some guys fighting for their life. Uh, Talk to me from your perspective coming on this game. We all know we're watching the offensive line. We're watching Alex Leatherwood, watching some of those moving parts. We're watching the interior of the the defense on the line there. What else, what should people watch for a couple things that in your mind we need to see tomorrow night in Las Vegas before this team gets to final cuts? I'm looking at the depth in the front seven. Uh, I know I made a comment about Darren Butler. I no longer think he's going to make the 50-man roster after watching him closely and watching his snaps over the past couple of days. He misses too many tackles. And I don't think the Raiders are going to be comfortable with that with a linebacker in the middle of the field who – who could let a, a, a ball carrier or a receiver go for 15 yards down because he slips off of a tackle. Um, Luke Masterson could possibly sneak onto the roster, so I'm, I have my eye on him. Deshaun Bauer, who I think has had one of the best preseasons of any Raiders player on the roster, he could make the roster. I know Raiders fans are going to bring up Latroy Lewis and say, Latroy Lewis had a good preseason, they, and they let him go. But Deshaun Bauer has spent time under Josh McDaniel, so he has some Patriot roots there. So I, I think he can actually make the roster. Understated player. Could be finally finding his way with the Raiders on the outside. Uh, the Raiders do need some depth there along with Malcolm Coots. So I think Tijon Bauer sneaks onto the 53 and, and not Darian Butler. So if I would look out for a player that's underrated or not talked about a lot, Bauer is the guy. There you go. Now, did I did I curse Darian Butler by wearing my Arizona State hat a couple shows ago? I don't you know. We'll have. have to. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe maybe he have. ends up. Maybe he'll sneak through and he'll end up on the practice squad if he doesn't make it, uh, and they can develop him. We'll, we'll have to see on that one. All right, we are now going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to be joined uh, by Kelly Kreiner, who was going to talk fantasy football with us, and we'll see what else uh, he's got to say as well. And I just something tells me his his wardrobe will be something that Mo will enjoy. So we'll <laughs> we'll take a look at that when we come back here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Do us a favor, subscribe, give us a five star rating. We would appreciate that. Make sure on YouTube also subscribe, hit the notifications bell so that you are notified when we have a new video. We'll be back right after this. Don't go anywhere, Raider Nation.